If we want to be ready and therefore worthy of having something, I believe that we must also be ready to lose that thing. Because we can't control everything in our reality, so we must prepare to face all possible scenarios, not just the best case one. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Aligned Performance Podcast, the podcast helping you to express your best in this world to create your most aligned life of purpose and potential. Through authentic and uplifting solo episodes and diverse guest conversations, we explore how you can discover and serve your heart's purpose, transform your mind, cultivate high-performing results, and build your dream business of impact. All of this guiding you to fulfill your dream life and serve your greatest impact on this world. My name is Trang, your host for the show, and today I'm sharing with you the five biggest takeaways from the Life of Legacy Retreat. If you've been following me on social media, you'll you'll have seen that this is all I've spoken about for the last week, because over the weekend, I got to run the final Life of Legacy Retreat for the year, the four-day retreat that is part of the six-month masterminds of Life of Legacy. And man... <laughs> Every time I've spoken about it this week, I've had to rein it in because Life of Legacy itself is my heart and soul put into this experience. I designed it so that women can step into their greatest power and to become the women of legacy that they know they are, to create an extraordinary life, to fulfill their purpose and their potential and simultaneously create an impact that will contribute towards a better world and have this impact ripple on for decades and even beyond their time. Like this mastermind and retreat is about you creating your best life and your legacy. And this retreat over the weekend was just magical. You know, by far, it was the best retreat that I have ever run. And I know I say this every single retreat, um, but I mean it each time because each time I run a retreat, which is twice a year, it just levels up and it it turns out to be worlds, uh, worlds apart from the previous retreat that I'd run. And this was just that, you know, the 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 women who attended, first of all, more than half were from interstate or overseas. So flying in for this retreat already exhibited commitment, leadership and presence that was really evident at the retreat. And then that led to the most incredible healing transformations and results. The, the depth of connection between these women. You know, most of them had never met before. Uh, before the retreat. But by the end, it was so beautiful to witness how intimately uh, how intimately they were relating, how authentic and genuine and safe this space was. Like we would go from deep meditative, deep focused sessions in the morning where we might have tears, we might have like vulnerable conversations. And then by the end of the day, we would be laughing so much in stitches, like the amount of times that happened, having dance parties, staying up till midnight, you know, just having chats and and having a good time with each other. Like the joy, 
the fun. This was the most fun retreat I've ever run. And because I'm on my own journey as well, I'm constantly learning and growing. So at this retreat was the most that I had been myself. And not just showing my professional mentoring side, but also my fun and silly and feminine side as well. And I was saying this to the girls at the retreat. um, It was only last retreat that I wore a dress for the first time because I'm on my own journey of healing my own limiting beliefs about what is required to be taken seriously. And previously, I thought that I had to be a man to be taken seriously. But now I'm like, no, I can show all parts of me. I can be the the accountable mentor, but I can also I can also be the fun, silly friend who twerks or the central goddess as well that I am. So yeah, <laughs> this retreat was incredible. And um, to give you a bit of a recap, just so that you can understand what's involved, over the four days, I take the women on a journey through the thriving three, which are the three pillars required for you to thrive at the highest level. Um, the mind, the body, and the heart. So the first day of the retreat is all about grounding and the mind. So allowing these women to leave behind their day-to-day lives, their day-to-day expectations, frustrations, identities, and to truly immerse themselves in this environment and reset. And then day two is about emotional releasing and receiving. So healing any wounds that are holding them back and then stepping into their deepest self-worth to be ready to receive their greatest achievements. And then once these women have done the inner work from the first two days, day three then becomes about embodiment, taking action, because we do live in a physical reality and we can do all the healing, all the planning, all the dreaming, but until we actually do something, nothing changes. So the day is about doing things that the previous version of them didn't think that they could. So first up, jumping out of a plane. Yeah, we go hard or we go home. So skydiving. And then um, also participating in a photo shoot where these women get to fully own themselves in their skin and step into the more evolved identity and archetype, like literally exude that energy, be that woman um, to take forward with them for the next chapter. And of course, they get some pretty epic photos for their brand as well from that shoot. Um, and then day four is integration and wrapping up. So uh, implementing all that they have learned and all that they know into the context of real life, spending a few hours doing tunnel vision focused work on their businesses to set things in place right there and then and to build momentum for when they walk out of the retreat. That was a week ago now, and I'm still on a high, especially after hearing such beautiful feedback from the women that had me in tears, just really touched my heart. One of the women said that it's the best retreat that she's ever been to. Another, who's done a lot of personal development work before, said that she's done all that work, but this has undoubtedly been the most impactful one. So... There was a lot that came out of this retreat and there's no way that I can share all of the takeaways in one episode, but I'd like to share with you the top five, the top five takeaways from this life of legacy retreat so that you can get the benefit of what we all learned from this retreat, from what actualized, and then you can take that into your own life as well. 
So let's get into it. The first takeaway from the retreat is that change is the only constant. Change is the only constant. So you know how I mentioned that skydiving was part of the retreat on day three? Well, in the end, it ended up getting postponed and then cancelled a total of three times. Yeah, the weather in Melbourne that weekend was pretty effed. <laughs> like we would look at the window and we're like, yeah, we're not jumping out of a plane today. Like the wind, the rain, it was very extreme. And this was a, a gargantuan emotional journey for all of us because on the first day we were dressed, backpacks on, walking out the door when I got the dreaded text message that skydiving had been cancelled. So then I rescheduled for the next day. And the same thing, we had driven half an hour to get to the destination only to get the text once again that skydiving needed to be cancelled. So this was a massive opportunity, especially that it was happening on embodiment day. It was a massive opportunity in live time for all of us to be able to display leadership, adaptability, and to observe our emotions and to navigate those emotions it was an opportunity right there and then to express our highest selves and I've got to say I'm so proud of the women because they all did that like they at one point I wasn't even there um, because I was picking up some food for lunch and I heard from Sophie my best friend um, also uh, who was a guest facilitator at the retreat she ran a powerful breathwork session um, and also did captured all the moments of the event um, the photography and videography so Sophie was there and Sophie relayed back to me how well the women showed up and navigated these unprecedented changes. So what we learned was that change is the only constant. You know, we can control as much as we want, but there's always going to be things that we can never predict. So if we want to be ready and we want to be worthy of having something, like if we want to achieve a certain uh, pursuit, if we want to receive something in our reality, if we want to have something, so in this case, skydiving, we must also be ready to lose that thing. Because we can't control everything, we must prepare to face all possible scenarios, not just the best case scenario. Like that is life. It's never going to be anything otherwise. So if we want to have the maturity and the skills and the experience and the emotional development to achieve something, to have something. We've also got to be prepared for all of the branches of what could happen outside of that best case scenario uh, vision. And we got to experience that. We got to right there and then level up in our level of readiness to experience all that life has to throw at us we all leveled up in our leadership and resilience right there and then and this was a lesson I learned early this year because usually before these retreats I like to retreat into a bit of a cave for the week leading into it because I want to prepare I want to preserve my energy I want to optimize my state but the life of legacy retreat in February this year was anything but that 
you know, the months leading into the retreat were already very challenging because I was going through a lot of personal stuff. Um, I wasn't sleeping very well. And then one and a half weeks out from the retreat, we receive a phone call saying that my then father-in-law had passed away. And like, we, we didn't expect that to be happening that week. That came, that seemingly came out of nowhere. So there was the whole emotional event of having a family member pass away. Not to mention that the funeral was scheduled for the first day of the retreat. So then I went through the process of moving everything around, shortening the retreat, breaking the news to my attendees. That was tough because the last thing I want to do is disappoint the attendees and change things last minute on them. So then I had to also adjust all the content for the retreat. The week before the retreat, my dog had to go into for a had to go into emergency emergency surgery. Uh, how's my talking today? Anyway, my dog had to go into emergency surgery six days out from the retreat. So there's this whole emotional event that also take took up a lot of energy and time. And then the day before the retreat was the funeral. At 8 p.m. at night, I drove from the funeral to the retreat location. I'm exhausted emotionally, mentally, physically. And the last thing I feel like doing is running a weekend retreat where I've got to be present and I've got to show up for my clients. But I did. I managed to turn it around because I had to muster up all of my energy and all of my, like, all of my deep-rooted why for what it is that I'm doing to show up and to serve at the highest level possible. And I learned there and then that in order to be a coach and a mentor and a facilitator who is worthy of running these retreats and worthy of holding space and guiding these women on their journey, I've also got to be worthy of doing it under any circumstances. Not just when I can have a week leading into the retreat where I can just be in my own little bubble. No, I've got to do it no matter what, like whether it's there's a tornado outside or whether I've just gone through the toughest week and few months of my life. So number one, change is the only constant. So if we want to be ready and worthy of having something, we've also got to be ready to lose it and to face it no matter the circumstances. Number two, now these aren't in any particular order. Um, So number two of the five biggest takeaways from the Life of Legacy Retreat is that the order of reality creation is not have, do, be, but it's be, do, have. What I mean by this, a lot of people, they wait to reach a financial or an achievement milestone before they can change who they are as a person. So maybe they're waiting to have a six-figure business. Maybe they're waiting to um, have a job title. Maybe they're waiting to like have that house or have that car to become the version of themselves that is confident or generous or selfless or a leader. But it's actually the other way around. We don't have things without first attracting that in our reality. We don't just suddenly have a big car or a house or finances or 
a job promotion or a business or relationships in our life just land in our lap. We have to first become and show up as a version of ourselves that is worthy of attracting that into our reality before we will ever achieve those milestones. So think about if you want to be, if you want to have a six or seven figure business, then that just then that doesn't happen first before you can be like a badass boss uh, woman and business owner. No, you've got to exude the badass boss woman and business owner first to create that six or seven figure business. You don't have incredible relationships in your life so that you can then let go of, I don't know, your jealousy or your insecurities. No, you've got to heal that jealousy and insecurities first to create beautiful relationships in your life. So you've got to be something first before you do it, before you have it. Not have something first so that you can do and then become someone. And this became really evident during day three, embodiment day, the photo shoot. The photo shoot where on the back of having a really intentional morning of stepping into their self-worth, doing some breath work, doing some um, like meditations, uh, writing down a list of what they are proud about themselves and standing and standing in front of the group and really owning their space. Like that needed to happen there and then. They needed to become the proud and confident woman first in order to really then build the businesses that they want to after the retreat. And at the start, you know, these women, they were like shy. They're like, no, we don't want to stand in front of the group. But then by the end of this exercise, the women were like, yeah, and I did this and I did that. And everyone's like, yeah, like cheering, cheering them on. Like, you go, girl. And then during the photo shoot, oh, my gosh, the it was just boss energy all around, seriously. And then afterwards, one of the women said that she looked at the pictures from the photo shoot and she almost didn't even recognize herself. Like she had this energy and this confidence of self-ownership that she previously was missing. So she had to step into that first, like put on that cap of this evolved identity and archetype as a powerful woman, as a heart-centered, loving woman in order to now go out there and create the the business of impact to, to serve others, to lead others and to inspire them to be better. So that is the second biggest takeaway, that the order is you don't have something first before you can become something else. You've got to become it now to then take action and then have what it is that you want to have. Number three, there are four tiers of self-worth. Four different dimensions, four different tiers of self-worth. And a lot of people don't realize this. So they think they're doing everything that they can to build up their confidence and their self-belief, but then wonder why they still don't feel it, why they're still riddled with self-doubt. And I had this um, at the retreat. There were multiple women who would have a whole list of achievements under their belt. Like, for example, someone who is a working professional with a side business on the side that is making sales 
while also having run a marathon, while also, you know, learning a new language. Yet they don't see it. They think that they are not good enough. They think that their success is a fluke. They think that they are a fraud. They think that they don't deserve space and, and attention. And the reason for this is because there are four tiers of self-worth. So the first tier is the tier of the body. So in order to feel proud of yourself and to feel worthy about yourself, you first got to be doing things that are worthy of you feeling proud about. So this woman had that. Like she's done the things. She's a hard worker her whole life. She has constantly showed up and like has never let let her like never let the the bar drop. Yet why was she still so full of doubt? Well, because the next tier of self-worth is the tier of the mind. A lot of people, and I'm sure you can probably think of someone yourself, maybe it's yours, maybe it is yourself, where you know there's this whole list of achievements, but you don't even recognize the magnitude of these achievements. If someone asks you, you know, what are the things that you are proud about yourself or what have you achieved in your life, and you just get stumped. Because you've got all these things, but as such a um, as high achievers so commonly do, you know, they, they achieve something really big and then they move on to the next thing and they move on to the next thing and they don't even take the time to give themselves recognition for what they've achieved. They mentally bypass everything. And what happens is high achievers, they spend time with other high achievers. So as they kind of expand their threshold of what they see as an impressive achievement more and more gets bypassed and as they look to their idols and they see that they're still so far to go to reach the next level they don't give themselves the recognition that anything they've achieved is worthwhile so the next tier is that you've got to mentally be able to recognize and acknowledge what you've achieved now the third tier is the tier of the heart emotion being able to not just do hard things that are worthy of being proud of, not just being able to list them out, but to be able to feel pride and self-love for all that you've achieved. And this is, I think, for many people, the weakest link because in society, it's like, go, go, go all the time. It's about like learning more. It's about just more mindset and mental stimulation. But feeling the feels... You know, crying, being emotional. Oh, ain't anybody got time for that. Don't be weak. Don't cry. Be strong. So our emotional development is kind of stunted just in by being born in today's world. So there are many women, some of them at the retreat, who had the top two tiers, but by the third tier, they that's where their self-worth was cut off because they couldn't feel the self-love or the self-gratitude or self-pride that they are the ones who have created and you know they're, they're the ones who take need to take credit for all their achievements now the last tier is the deepest one and the most challenging one for most people to get to and that is the spiritual tier you know this may already be a little bit triggering for some people because they're like that because you, you may be thinking um, you don't need to achieve things to be worthy. Like, 
simply by existing, you're worthy. And that is exactly what this tier is about. Simply by existing, by being alive, by being a human being in this universe, you are worthy. You have a place here. You are special. And that is the final tier and the deepest development of self-worth is understanding that, you know what, regardless of my achievements, I am worthy. I have a place here. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. So those are the four tiers of self-worth. And that's why at the retreat, we go through so many different self-worth exercises in different variations to work through each of those tiers. Because if any of those tiers is missing, then you're going to be short of truly feeling worthy, truly having self-belief. And if that is the case, you're going to hold yourself back from pursuing, let alone receiving the achievements that you dream of. Now, number four, the fourth biggest takeaway from the Life of Legacy Retreat is the power of our environment. And I speak about this all the time. Our environment is constantly molding us, whether or not we even realize it, because we absorb everything from our environment like a sponge, like osmosis. One of the women from um, the retreat would would say that, like osmosis, throwback to high school science. Um, But yeah, we absorb everything around us, whether or not we think we know better, because 95 to 98% of our mind is unconscious. You know, we we aren't consciously and intentionally planning to absorb things, but we do anyway, whether it's like different belief systems, whether it's our way of thinking, whether it's our way of feeling, our way of talking, just our identity, like all of these things are constantly being imposed onto us. So at Life of Legacy, because the the retreat is designed to be away from day-to-day and societal expectations and narratives, I literally watched these women reset. You know, they come out of their shell over the four days, given the support from the other women in the group, um, being inspired by the other women in the group, like really connecting to their heart and creating distance between what other people tell them that they should think and do and connecting with what they know is their truth. So the power of environment, <laughs> like, oh, I, I kind of wish that everyone could be there to witness the, the transformations. And I've got to say as well, that when I say transformations, I'm not just talking about rah, rah, motivation, because motivation can be boosted just like that. But I'm, I'm talking about deep rooted transformation from the core in terms of values, beliefs, identity, deep-rooted ways of thinking, feeling, and doing. And here, I'd actually like to challenge you with a question. You know, ask yourself, what is one thing that if I removed it from my environment or if I added it to my environment, it would make the biggest difference to my results? Ask yourself that and do it today. Like, it may be having a tough conversation with a friend. It may be going on a bit of an unfollowing spree here on Instagram. It may be going to uh, an event, signing up to, 
uh, a conference or a, a group that you will meet women or anyone who's going to inspire you and influence you to step into the next version of yourself. People, such a such a big influence. You know, you've heard the saying, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, do an audit. Do an audit. If there's anything that you get from this episode, make it that. Now, the last one, the fifth takeaway from the Life of Legacy Retreat is understanding the difference between reactive versus proactive tasks. So reactivity is when people are doing things that are in response to their external environment, external circumstances. Oh, it's too cold. I'm not going to go for a run. Oh, the economy is down. I'm going to be really pessimistic about work and about financial prospects. Oh, you know, my friend or my family member is saying this and they're just really being negative. So then I'm also going to be really negative and I'm going to be in a crap mood as well. That's reactivity. Now, proactivity is having a higher level vision and mission, having principles and having values that you abide by and you are guided by regardless of external environmental factors. So yeah, knowing that you have a fitness goal and no matter how cold or hot it is, you're going to do it regardless. Knowing that you have a mission that you want to serve, you want to contribute to humanity or the planet or ecosystems. And no matter how uncomfortable it is, no matter like how scary it might be, you're going to do it regardless. That is the difference between reactivity and proactivity. Now that goes at a high level in terms of like the type of person that you are or the the, the pattern that you are exhibiting most of the time, but it also comes down to day-to-day tasks as well. And if you were to guess, where do you think most people spend their day? Do you, do you think that most people are spending their days doing reactive tasks or proactive tasks? The answer is reactive. Most people are reacting to the external environment, like whether it's like phone calls, emails, social media notifications, like disruptions, doing like just getting distracted by trivial, trivial things, (laughs) getting distracted by trivial things. I was about to say trivia and I was like, that's not right. Um, A lot of people spend most of their days in that, in that category of types of tasks. Yet, where do you think you need to be spending most of your time if you want to be progressing towards your big dreams? Yeah, you've got to be doing proactive tasks. So not just reacting and putting out fires and emergencies all the time, but doing things that may not be super urgent, that may not be very pleasant, but will plant seeds that will flourish next month or next year or next decade from now. So maybe what you need to do is maybe you need to do an audit. Look at your typical day and how much time you spend doing reactive tasks versus proactive tasks. And uh, this isn't to say that you shouldn't be doing anything that's reactive. Like we do need to be responding to the world around us. Um, We do live in an interconnected reality. So we do need to respond to other people's demands of our attention via messages and emails. Um, But 
leaning more towards proactive tasks and creating more intention around planting seeds and setting things up for the long term because significant results come from the insignificant things that we do daily. You know, the results that we have today aren't the result of what we did today. It's a result of the accumulation of what we've been doing the last year, the last decade, our whole life. So apply that going forward. What we do today, what we do next week, what we do next month is going to accumulate towards the results that we get next year, next decade. So what do you need to do that's more proactive and what do you need to do less of that is reactive? Okay, those are the five biggest takeaways from the Life of Legacy Retreat. To summarize, number one is change is the only constant. So if we want to be ready and therefore worthy of having something, we must be prepared to lose that thing and to face every single scenario that could arise as a branch of the best case scenario. Number two, we need to become who we want to be first in order to have the things that that version of us will attract. We don't wait till we have something first before we can become. Number three, there are four tiers of self-worth, body, mind, heart, and spirit. So make sure that you are aware of where you are sitting and how you can develop into a deeper level of self-worth. Number four, understanding the power of your environment. What do you need to remove or what do you need to add to your environment to make the biggest difference in your progress and results? And number five, reactive versus proactive tasks. Where do you need to be less reactive and where do you need to be more proactive towards your ultimate vision, mission, and outcomes? So that's it. Just five of the takeaways from an incredible weekend at the Life of Legacy Retreat. Seriously, like I'm still on such a high. Like I think back to the moments that we had there and like, I'm just like, no, stop it. I don't have any more tears to shed. Like, yeah, I've got to, I've got to keep the fluid inside of me. Otherwise I'm going to become like a dry prune. Um, But yeah, if you have been following along and If you have any interest in joining in the future, uh, I do need to take a moment to let you know that since the Life of Legacy Retreat has run last weekend, it's already filling up for the next round, which starts in January of 2024. Um, And because I like to keep these retreats intimate, like no more than eight women maximum, everyone has a voice, everyone has a space, everyone is equally Uh, heard, held, and seen. There are now only three spots left. (laughs) There are now only three spots left for Life of Legacy starting in January of 2024. So if you are interested at all, then click the link in the podcast show notes or send me a message and let's have a chat. Let's see how big and how quick things can really move for you, what you can create, and ultimately how you can utilize your life to leave the world a better place than how you found how you found it or how you were born onto it. I really believe in this and I encourage you, if you're thinking about it, do it because 
based on what feedback I've gotten from the, the retreat just passed, you will not regret it. Okay, friends, thank you for listening to the end of another episode. I hope that you got a lot of value from this. Um, if you have any questions, if you have anything that you want to share or even requests for future topics, please send me a message and let me know. I would love to hear from you and make sure that these episodes are curated to give you as much value as possible. Okay, fam, have a great rest of your day and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.